Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. We provide dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission today to help give our dogs the world they deserve. Hey, everybody. Are you excited for Westminster 2021? Join us for a breeder appreciation party on Friday, June 11th, sponsored by Good Dog, Embark Vet, and Trupanion. We'll be outdoors at Hudson Anchor Rooftop, less than 10 minutes away from the Westminster site. There'll be free food, drinks, live music, giveaways from Chris Christensen, Revival Animal Health, and a whole lot more. Plus, you can bring your dogs and celebrate the return of dog shows with lots of your fellow breeders. Check the show notes for more information. Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I have a super cool guest today. You guys, this is like the funnest thing I've heard about in a long time. So John Hunter is the <laughs> oh, thank you. Found- it's true. John is the founder and CEO of Companion. And Companion is a automated dog training device. Is that like the easy solution, John? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think we love to think of ourselves as a service. Our goal is to give you a really phenomenal relationship with a being you love. And we do that giving you access to this crazy automated dog training device in addition to a phenomenal coach and an app that helps you along. I love that. And so, John, tell us specifically what you've developed and why you developed it, because it's a very cool story. Yeah. So a number of years ago, I got a chance to help with some of the robotics teams at Google. And we were looking at a variety of pieces of new technology all around the world. And the realization I had looking at all the sensors and all those computers and everything that was going out was that, oh my God, like all of these sensors and computers are going to help us much, much more deeply understand all the animals around us. Which I just think is an amazing thing that you went from robotics to (laughs) animals. I just, how that, how do you do that? Because that I think is like the coolest mental leap. I love that. I don't know exactly where that came from. I know I've always been like the animal guy in the family. Like I'm the guy instead of going to like the local cultural sites, I want to go see the local animals whenever right. we travel. And whenever I see a pet parent like yelling at a dog on a street, mm-hmm. I always get really frustrated because I see like two beings who are really well-meaning, but just unable to communicate. Right. And I've always had tremendous empathy for that. And I guess I just saw this opportunity. What I learned at Google and looking at a variety of these areas of technology was realizing that how cool it can be if you can find a piece of tech that does something very simple, but extremely well that has all of these side benefits, especially if you have lots of time to do it with training and repetition. And especially in an area that people love and hold dear, and that has a phenomenal impact on private folks in the home and potentially shelters as well, and an area that I cared about. And that's what I saw here was this opportunity to meld both a viable and pretty interesting commercial product Mm-hmm. And actually, at the same time, help shelters, help veterinarians, help a variety of folks working kind of in a variety of areas of animal welfare. And so you had asked about the origination story. And so it was this concept that, oh, my God, all of these sensors are going to help us understand these animals. And the realization was there's kind of two things happening. One, the knowledge that all animals primarily communicate through movement and posture. So like how we stand up 
Do we hunch over? Do we shrug? How is that dog's tail moving? The ears moving? How's the dog's back positioned? How are the dog's hips moving? And perhaps as importantly, how does that change over time? There's so much signal. There's so much the dogs are communicating to us in that, that we largely miss for lots of good reasons. Like we'd love to know more, but it's really hard for us to remember how your dog moved five years ago in that subtle difference. Whereas computers are very simple. They have perfect memories. And that was the insight was that, oh my God, animals already emit all of this signal, all of this information, but we really miss on it. But now we have all of these sensors like cell phones in cars and our houses all over the world that can much more precisely with perfect memory and infinite patience pick up on all these things. It's like, oh my God, this is going to happen. There's no way you don't have all these animals emitting all of the signal and all of these sensors picking up on it, remembering it far more precisely and not have a much better understanding over the next 5, 10, 20 years. And so like the thought process from there was like, oh my God, I want to be a part of this. What are the ways that we could help that future? What are the ways that we could start to catalyze that future? My mind went kind of almost immediately to let's work with one of the animals that people spend a lot of time on and care deeply about and frankly, spend a lot of money on because you need to create a business in order to really scale it. And dogs, okay, cool, that seems obvious. Two, can you focus on something that everybody needs and that isn't as well addressed as it could be today? And oh my God, training, of course. Everybody needs it. Every shelter breeder vet will tell you, you have to get your dog trained. And you too, right? I (laughs) say it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But then also, when you think about it, there's like, oh man, like that seems like a really interesting way to introduce this. And machines honestly have a bunch of unfair advantages in the fact that they are perfectly patient. They're infinitely patient. They have perfect Which memories. Which humans they, absolutely are not. I've been training dogs since I was a child. And trust me, patience is not one of my no, strengths. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we try and we care, machines have an almost unfair advantage in being able to do these things extremely well. And also, like you can do these things extremely well in all of the behaviors that people think of as helping supplement their human-animal bond. In terms of like, these are the things like, does my dog look at me when I call its name? Does my dog come over to me when I ask it to? Does my dog go down when I need a little calm moment? And that's like at our best. That's what we really strive for is can we be a phenomenal supplement and help you develop and keep that human animal bond insanely strong, both at the early stage when you first get your dog and later and all the way through its life. And if you ask our hosts, like we are fortunate enough to have our headquarters actually co-located with the SFSPCA. That's why they're excited. If you ask mm-hmm. one of their team members, they would say like, We like companions, we trust them, but we think that what they can do with the human-animal bond to help people really develop that. When we all have crazy lives, we all have lots going on, they can really help you nail that early on. And we think that's so important for not only adoption rates and adoption retention, but for everyone. That's a long-winded origination story. (laughs) No, no, I think it's awesome, John. And I think too, you know, we talk all the time in various different communications through Good Dog. We talk about the importance of socializing, of training, of developing that relationship that you're talking about. And what appeals to me, what's interesting to me in this particular product is its uses for people in the home. You know, maybe they've been working from home during the pandemic and now they need to leave and their pandemic puppy is going to be needing some entertainment, some interaction. And this seems like it might offer an option in that direction. Yeah, we're excited about a variety of the benefits. We've really kind of highlighted the training and practice mm-hmm. so far. But honestly, I think the team, I think we all are as excited about the engagement piece, being able to keep your dog engaged at home, especially as people transition back from spending 24 hours a day with their companion at home to going back to leaving the house and leaving a stressed animal at home. 
when there's a number of different pieces of data, like we're incredibly excited about it. Well, what I would say is that we've seen really interesting results so far on the limited number of dogs we've worked with mm-hmm. that have anxiety mm-hmm. conditions, specifically separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. And for the folks interested out there, we've actually, we published a paper on this in the Journal of Veterinary Behavior last year with actually some of our partners at the SPCA as co-authors, which we're really proud of. And we don't have large ends to say that this is a cure-all by any means. Mm-hmm. But what we have seen is that animals seem to really enjoy this engagement. And it seems to help animals that have a variety of forms of anxiety, mm-hmm. gives them some structure. So like right. they have something to engage with as they see their loved one maybe leaving the house. Or as they can feel they see their loved one less so over the day, whatever it might be. But it appears to have this really cool effect to give them some structure, give them some engagement, and just keep them kind of mentally learning. It's actually not something we've talked about really at all, but beyond that, one of the tertiary benefits of working with this kind of new class of devices, you're actually also teaching your companion to learn. You're right. learning to learn as well. Puppies have to learn how to learn. We just were talking about this last night in one of the Good Dog Ask Our Advisor sessions. We were talking cool. about the importance of puppies learning how to learn even before they leave the breeder, before they get to their new home. So that's part of the early socialization that we do at four to eight weeks is teaching puppies how to learn by giving them little puzzles. So Very cool. I love that. And lifetime learners in people and in dogs, definitely something we're striving for. So John, give us a picture, kind of create a word picture. What does this look like? How does it operate in, say, for example, someone's home? Sure. Oh, yeah. So it's probably helpful. So one, there's videos. I'm a very visual person, so I like to see it. And if you look at our website, there's a great video. I don't know if it's okay to join. Absolutely. We'll, we'll include links in the blog post <laughs> that goes cool. with this. So yeah, no problem. So you can find us when you can find how it works at www.joincompanion.com. And we also have a YouTube channel. We've kept actually some of the older content cool. when we were just working right. with professional units and kind of dayboarding and shelter folks. And like, there's mm-hmm. actually some even more fun, like really the nitty gritty how it works in case you're into that. Okay. But essentially at the highest level, it's a device that includes a camera, a computer, and a treat launcher, and a way to make sounds and a way mm-hmm. to hear sounds. And so the very first thing we're doing is just making sure your dog's having fun. The very first thing we're training, so to speak, is we're training your dog that good things happen around the device and that you should come and hang out through positive reinforcement, through treats. We use a variety of different types of treats that we certify to meet every dog's needs in terms of the most effective, healthiest, relatively right. speaking, training treats. So once we have the dog comfortable, the dog engaged, and it can happen in a period of like a one session, it can happen in a period of a couple of days. It really depends on the dog. But once your dog is comfortable, then we start with behaviors. So we look for the types of behaviors that you want to train. So whether it's your dog, if it's hanging around the device, when your dog naturally sits down for that first time, or when your dog naturally lies down, when your dog looks at the device, when your dog comes towards the device, those are actually all normal things a dog does. But there's also another way to call them. It's recall. It's down. It's sit. And so the very first time we see those behaviors, we reinforce in a split second, like less than a tenth of a second is what we're shooting for. And we are huge believers in precision, patience, and very fast speeds is really important from a training perspective. And it gives the dog certainty. So many people tried clicker training and failed. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people because I can't click fast enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I am a clicker trainer washout because I can't, oh, my timing sucks. So this is like, hey, perfect timing. All right, let's talk some more. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I can barely walk and chew gum at the same time. I totally hear you. Yeah, you just Um, told me about crashing on your mountain bike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys can't see. I've got some crutches here in the background from a little mountain bike fall. 
But anyway, so what we do is we look for the behaviors that you want to train. And there, your dog learns really quickly from there. You tend to see an explosion of that behavior. Once your dog figures out like, oh, when I do this, I get a treat. Those are delicious. I'll, I'll keep doing it. And so like you'll see, like we've had dogs like do 30 in like the next five or 10 minutes. Just to be clear, like we always are watching for the dog's daily mm-hmm. calorie intake versus mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. we know the dog should have. And we right. have you input the weight. So we're very conscious of that. So um, you could almost feed them their entire meal. One of the training tricks that we talk about is using your dog's breakfast portion or dinner portion one at a time. So, I mean, this seems like it has some potential there. Totally. We haven't talked about any of that kind of functionality, but we're super excited about it. In terms of like right now, for most people using the device, it's really like 20 to 30% of the dog's caloric intake, but there's really nothing stopping you from doing 100%. But we want to make sure to do it right. So it's not something we're suggesting right now. And I think like the notion of um, not having kind of the messy dog bowl, sometimes there's a tension in the shared responsibility of making sure the dog's fed at certain times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And we can help with all that. And what it and specifically add to it is we can make it so that every single meal is engaging, is fun. Your dog's learning something really valuable. And by the way, we can perfectly count the calories. We literally know the calories of every single piece and we're shooting one at a time. Right. So if, if your dog's a guzzler, if you want to slow down your dog's feeding, if you want and, to stretch yeah, it out. I'm, my brain is clicking, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this device, I watched the video and it's like a couple feet by a couple feet kind of size. Yeah, a couple of shoe boxes is how I yeah. phrase it. But yeah, I think it's 16 by 16 okay. by 16, okay. something like that. Okay, so it's not a huge thing. And it doesn't work for a dog that is in a dog crate. It would only work for a dog or does it? Oh, that's interesting. So we can work with dogs in crates. Okay. Well, I mean, I have to be careful with how I put this. There's lots of things we'd love to add on in the future. There's nothing that would prevent us from helping with the dog in a crate as long as we can see them. Or even if maybe we're not working on that, maybe we're working on noise sensitivity. We want to introduce sounds to your dog. Maybe if we want to do other things. As long as we're nearby, we can still work with that dog. So um, talk to me about that, the desensitization piece, because I love that. And that's got a lot of potential for any of our breeders that are listening, as well as people who have dogs who are afraid of thunderstorms or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what I'd say right now is right now for the folks who sign up and the folks who are getting some of the first waves of units, it's going to be just very simple. It's helpful to have your dog engaging with a new piece of hardware, making new noises. Some of them are loud especially as we increase the launching distance, Mm -hmm. that's helpful in its own right. And if you think about it in the future, there's already a lot of apps out there that you can use on your phone to like Mm -hmm. play baby Mm -hmm. noises, play the noises of thunder, Mm -hmm. play the noises of streetcars Mm -hmm. or brakes. That's great. And it's really cool to have that, but it's not really convenient. It means like getting a phone or an iPad and leaving it at home. And by the way, like your phone or iPad, that can't really replicate those sound frequencies very well, both the bass and the high pitch. It's not meant to be like a whole room speaker in fairness to the phone. Whereas our device is meant to be very high fidelity. It's meant to really replicate the most important frequencies, the parts of that sound. The purpose of it is to help the dog generalize that sound of the command. So whether it's sit or down to the human and to the dog so that we have to be lifelike. We have to be really authentic sound. And if you think about the possibilities for that, what that could lead to is like, what if we can play? What if we can slowly increasing the volume with each session, play noises of different things in the world that your dog will encounter before they ever encounter them and associate them with positive rewards, with positive reinforcement. We're really excited about doing a variety of things on that side. And what I'd say is we're actively talking with the folks like Fear Free and Mm -hmm. others 
generally speaking, we've tried to introduce ourselves to who we view as kind of some of the leading thinkers in animal welfare for all the right reasons. One, that we think they're phenomenal folks. But two, we think that the advice over time, it'd be great to be able to show people and demonstrate the benefits in those areas. And so we'd love to work with those types of organizations Mm -hmm. kind of in parallel. But anyway, so you had asked about noisy sensitization. I think what I'd say right now for the near term is even just working with the device, especially because it's a new noise, it's Mm -hmm. louder. We are actually already controlling the device volume based on how comfortable your dog is. And then over time, we'll be talking much more about kind of everything else we can do there. Okay. And so the other piece of this, if I'm understanding correctly, what I got from your information, when you acquire the device, you also acquire a coach. Yes. Isn't that what you call it? A coach? Yes. A companion coach. They're amazing. So we view the companion as a service. It's not a device. Companion is, it's a service where our highest aspiration is to give you a phenomenal relationship, phenomenal bond, and help you keep it with your animal. And also to be really great for your animal. Like a lot of our product is really around the experience for your dog, making sure they're engaged and happy throughout the day. We strive to give that to you by giving you this first of kind device that's all opt-in for your dog. This app where you can see videos coming from the device and this coach who is with you very intensively for the first month to make sure essentially you have a white glove experience. You love it. You have all your questions answered. And they look like total rock stars, I guess, quote unquote, in that sense that for a couple of reasons. One, instead of kind of the normal virtual coach or professional coach, like they're seeing your dog every day because they see all the videos of training coming from the device back into their screen. So they know exactly how your dog is doing. Two, they're phenomenal coaches. This isn't an appropriate term. I always refer to them as service dog level trainers. That doesn't really mean anything. But right. I, what I can say is they've trained service dogs. Like the field online, I think like the woman who we have mm-hmm. photographed as the mm-hmm. example coach, she literally trained a diabetic alert dog in her dorm room at Princeton. It's like those right. types of folks. They're like, they're right. unbelievable. Right. And I've never had access to that level of trainer before, right. at least those certifications. And then the app provides not only the fun videos of what your dog is going through and just kind of highlight clips because we're only sending you the fun stuff, like the cool things going on. It also is your portal to interact with your coach. Like if you have a question about the training or just Mm -hmm. anything about like what your dog just did or like some weird behavior you saw or some cool thing you want to learn about, your coach is right there, like literally at the other end of that chat stream. And your coach is available for video chats intensively for the first month. And they're always there in the background for support moving forward. So it's the notion that like, I know that me personally, I had a number of dogs growing up. I have a wonderful rescue right now, Beagle Mix named Boomer. I was super fortunate because we have all these amazing folks in animal behavior as colleagues. So I always get to ask them the questions I had. (laughs) That's really rare. Most folks don't have that expert source. They look online, they look elsewhere, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to make sense of it all because there's so much what appears to be conflicting information or different information. Our goal with the coach is to not only make this new type of experience magical and delightful, Mm -hmm. but we really want to give you kind of a general safe space to ask kind of the most basic questions, but also ask pretty advanced ones too. Like they can handle the advanced stuff. So here's my next question. And this is going back to thinking about the dog interacting with the device. I love the coaching and I'm envisioning one of my German wire haired pointers figuring out a way to get to the treats <laughs> other than doing the proper behavior. So yep. I'm asking about that. What do you do with those super smart dogs that are smarter than the robot? <laughs> cool. They will go very quickly through the training. So actually what we've found, so this surprised us all. We've built five or six generations now of units kind mm-hmm. of on the way, like the early research ones, the business models, the kind of professional mm-hmm. versions, now mm-hmm. the consumer versions. 
And we used to put them basically in cages because we always <laughs> figured the dogs would just like claw, like have right. at them. Right. We've never had that happen, really? um, which is the most interesting thing. And the, the treats aren't that hard to get to. And to be honest, we don't really understand it. But what I can say is that we've worked with hundreds of dogs. We've had one dog basically tear apart one of the very early devices. Like it was basically a plywood enclosure. But it was for a variety of other reasons. The dog had a variety of things going on. And it was just not in a good situation. I think it was like left in the room with it, like in a, right. a storage room for like an hour or two while it was being transferred. Just to be clear, like the dog wasn't left alone by a container personnel. Right. But right. yeah, right. just to right. tidy that up. Got it. But yeah, like they don't, for whatever reason... We have yet to have a dog really break in. I'll volunteer. I've got a couple. (laughs) I've got this one little pug bitch that I'm telling you. (laughs) That's awesome. And so I have some theories as to why that happens. Yes. But we don't actually know. We're really curious over time to understand how the dogs perceive the device. Mm -hmm. Do they perceive it as a buddy? Do they perceive it as a semi-animate object? Like, how do you, as a dog, what is the thing to you? We know the dogs really like it. But beyond that, we don't know how to classify it. Is it, do they look at it as another animal? Do they look at it as just like a dishwasher? Do they look at like, what is it? How do they <laughs> it's think a about toaster. it? Maybe it's like the ice maker. Like I have dogs that learn how to work the ice maker because they want to uh. get ice cubes. So <laughs> That's great. Cool. Serious. I, I seriously have dogs that work the ice maker so they can get their own ice cubes. That's super cool. Yeah. So um, I think it, they think it's an ice maker. So and like why damage the ice maker? Then good things will stop <laughs> happening. That's kind of my working theory is that like, okay. We have enough respect. This thing seems awesome. This thing wants to engage with us. And when I get to engage with it, when I choose to engage with it and I do certain things, it gives me treats. Why would I damage that thing? Or why would I attack that thing? Like, that's my working theory. But, that is, <laughs> but my colleagues would yell at me for even saying that. <laughs> you just got busted, man. Yeah, exactly. But oh either gosh. way, you can rest assured that we haven't had that issue yet. We'd that's be good. honestly kind of excited to see it, like understand it, what happened. Right. But right. we also make it so that It'd be hard for a dog to get into it. The treats are not that far away, but it's not easy. And then I see the counter surfer. So Mm -hmm. the device sees the dog go try and find the butter plate. We had one wire hair pointer rescue that was obsessed with butter. And the butter was hidden in the microwave for the entire eight years the dog lived here. (laughs) Serious. Whoa. Serious. You could not leave butter anywhere or it was gone. So the counter surfers. That kind of thing. Can the device say, oh, look, it's doing this behavior that nobody wants it to do. Can it distract it from that behavior and like get it to stop? (laughs) We can distract. I love that. Right now, we cannot do that. Well, I'd say this, like we're not going to do that early on. We'd be very excited to introduce that functionality later. I think you're probably asking, like, is this something a device like this could do? And what I'd say is, yes, as long as we can see the behavior, it's something we can help with. There's at least two different methods. There's the, can you teach another behavior or can you distract? And I think part of one of the big tertiary benefits of engaging your dog throughout the day is if you give your dog something really interesting and meaningful to chew on, quote unquote, mentally, Mm -hmm. hopefully they're going to be much less likely. If they're with a machine, they're not going to be chewing something up. (laughs) At the very least, we know that. And then hopefully what we're doing is really giving them some mental exercise. Right. So mental exercise is huge. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the tertiary benefits. Again, we don't talk about too much, but we strive or we aspire to provide a lot of that benefit as well as part of the exercises and the training. Excellent. Very, very cool. Well, John, I appreciate your time tremendously. I will absolutely make sure that we have links to the website so people can go find out more about it and get all the details there. Yes. Thank you, Laura. This was awesome. This was a pleasure. 
Good Dog is a secure online community that advocates for dog breeders, educates the public, helps informed puppy buyers connect directly with certified good breeders, and promotes responsible dog ownership. Good Dog is offering its good breeders special advanced access to the video recordings and transcripts for the full three-part Q&A webinar series with Dr. Hutchinson. All you have to do is sign up as a breeder at gooddog.com slash join. That is g-o-o-d-d-o-g dot com slash join. Or click the link in the show notes.